0: I like your close today, Matthew. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate interesting it. Interesting,
1: the, the tuck in. Kind
0: yeah. of like a peaky blinders. Well, on here's
1: the thing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So he's giving me crap on the fact <laughs> that my shirt is tucked in. Here's a, here's what happens. All right. F you. Because I'm going to go there. Excuse there me, we go. You guys. Hang on. I'm going to show you guys. All right. So look. You see this pack <laughs> oh right God. here? That That's like my microphone pack and everything i that. had. And what happens is if I don't have the shirt tucked in... It digs into my skin, is what it is. And it's cold and it's metal yeah. and it hurts. And so then I'm leaning back and I'm like, oh! And so anyway, and so I could decide to either tuck my shirt in or play through pain, And you know what? Some of us aren't strong enough to do that. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's
2: happy friday welcome to the fantasy football happy hour i'm connor rogers alongside matthew berry jay croucher
0: corner zip today matthew a little blue zip. and you know what just i just want to brag here untouched oh untouched. that's right thoughts on the blue on blue connor is uh the blau on blau as they say in is that, that good
1: <laughs> is that a blue on blue not work yeah it's fine it's a just, blue. Okay. I, it was it was picked out by the NBC wardrobe department. That's why just I'm not so saying know, anything. That's
2: smart. Stephanie does a great job. Stephanie does a great job. So, no, uh, So I, I put it on with I hate question. that. I, it actually bothers me that I can't pile on you because t- Stephanie dressed you. If you you dressed right. yourself. Well, <laughs> yeah. it would have been fair game. I showed in up in a crappy ta- sweatshirt, but uh. Stephanie <laughs> took care of me,
1: and this is what she came up with today, and I think I look lovely. No, no, I think, I think it's good. I'm much like, Here's. I'm going to tell you, Diane did my makeup, mm. Stephanie did wardrobe, and both of them, God bless them, did as much as they could with what little I've given them to work with. Do you understand that? Like, like I mean, like I give them very little to work with. Chicken they, salad, I, Adam. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. They're both miracle workers, if you ask me.
0: It's like Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs' wide receivers. That's they, a really oh, good comparison.
1: Yeah, NBA a one for us. good. Uh, <laughs> pretty good segue <laughs> <way> there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> Just you know, making magic out of you know very little there. Yes.
2: Well, we indeed. have a guest coming on this show today. That uh, I wonder if he's going to outtrust you. In Denny Carter. Oh, Denny Carter's coming up. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <We> totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this an hour ago. Literally an hour ago.
0: It's actually Debo Samuel. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yes. He's yeah, he wants he, to be like again, So, <laughs>
1: Who's been on the show more, Debo Samuel or Denny Carter? It's close. Oh, I think close. it's a two, in, two to two, yeah. it might be. <laughs> There's a good chance. Mm. All right. Anyway, we love Debo Samuel here. We we like Denny Carter. Yeah. So, uh, we tolerate Denny Carter. <laughs> yeah, we tolerate Denny Carter. <laughs> oh, Just like man. NBC tolerates me. All right. Let's, um, let's I think we've avoided talking about last night's uh, whatever that was. We tried really hard. As as, uh, soon as it was. So what do we have to do? We have to do. What, is it player news? We oh, do have oh. to do the player news, which <laughs> <laughs> coincides with last night's I, game. Again, so I really <laughs> should start paying attention during the meetings.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's, uh you're driving sometimes. I'd rather you pay attention to the road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, I'm, sometimes, sometimes showering. I think the meeting of the shower, sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> all right, let's yeah. jump yeah. into the road <laughs> world player news. Please give me the animation. I always keep the camera point. off. There it's just it is. my voice. There it is. For all your player news, go to nbcsports.com and just my voice. We literally have to start with what was Thursday night football in some form. Or the other, the Chiefs beat the Broncos yeah. in what you can call a football game. And Patrick Mahomes talked about his offense after the game. Take a listen.
0: I thought we did a great job of staying patient, getting the ball down the field. But in this league, three points, seven points is just such a big difference. Um, and so, if I think he, if we found a way to execute in the red zone and score those touchdowns, we'd come away feeling great. But since we didn't, we we have a lot of room to improve. Um, and so that's just something that we got to continue to work on. It's just putting a full game together. I think we've had spurts of playing good. The middle of the field, we've had Spurcher playing good in the red zone. But let's put a full game together and see what we can do.
2: So here's the stat line last night, guys, from the receiving weapons of Kansas City. Not a surprise here, Jay. Nine <laughs> targets and nine catches for Travis Kelsey over 100 yards. And then really just – I'll give you this one, Jay. You were on Rasheed Rice. You thought the receiving prop was way too low. You were right. He basically – he more than doubled it. So yeah, Rasheed Rice – Uh, kind of trending the right way in a receiving group that needs somebody to break out.
0: Yeah, still only four targets for Rashid Rice out of 39 across the whole team so he got the yards but still would like to see more involvement from him. I guess Travis Kelsey is the big story on the Chiefs side. Just very little happened in this game. I think actually the most consequential play of the whole game was a Patrick Mahomes 15 yard (laughs) scramble on third down. That's what we were dealing with and this Chiefs offense I feel like they just mess around sometimes, evidenced by right. the lateral, as you're sitting on yes, your screen. They're it's like, cheeky. You know, we play in the was Super Bowl every year. What are it, we going to do Thursday night against Denver?
1: It was just sort of a snoozy game. Snoo- I mean, honestly, I thought they should have shown Taylor Swift more. Like, I, honestly, that's, <laughs> did they hit the under?
2: It yeah, they did. I, I
1: believe the under hit, actually, out. on right. that. Al Michaels actually referenced that uh, <laughs> on air, which was pretty funny. Kelsey did a great job. It, it was weird how open he was just in their zone. It, like, it was like, you guys that's know that Travis Kelsey, yeah, this, <laughs> right? I don't
2: know what the the well, Broncos the are doing. to the Denver defense. They forgot Brees Hall was on the Jets. So, uh, yeah. Super, although,
1: in fairness, like that loss wasn't on the Broncos' defense. Right. I right. mean, they they held the Chiefs to 19 points yeah. on the road on a short week. Like, you'd take that. Uh, I mean, that that's what's crazy is, is that like yes, it was weird that you know Kelsey was wide open, but w- they did a good job. They got after they got after Mahomes. It wasn't a great game. We'll talk about Holmes in, Mahomes in a second. The one thing I want to say about Rasheed Rice is that. The the positives are his snaps increased. He played 47% of the snaps last night compared with 30% the week before. So it's trending in the right direction. Justin Watson left this game with a pretty bad injury. Uh, It looks like he's going to be out for a while. And not that Justin Watson was a huge part of this offense, but that's one of those wide receivers that was running routes and getting downfield. And so does that, along with Rice's continued improvement, open up more opportunity for Rasheed Rice? We've said it all along. We've been saying it for weeks. But if there's a Chiefs, pass catcher not named travis kelsey that we sort of like it is rasheed rice who remains a priority stash and i think is usable we talked about him he made the love list this week i think you'll take four for 72 um you know decent game there as well and you're right he crushed the uh he crushed the prop that was a great call by you jay croucher the the two things for me from this game guys other than other than rice was on the positive side Isaiah Pacheco is the guy. Yep. Uh, you know, over 20 touches in this game. I like the fact that he's involved in the passing game. 15% target share, targeted on 33% of his routes. That 15% target share, by the way, was the highest in a game so far this season. His second straight game with over 60% of the snaps and 20 plus touches on a short week. I really like that you know just seeing him bounce back and getting that kind of usage yes you see a little bit of ceh you see a little bit of Jerick mckinnon but there's no question isaiah pacheco is the guy in this offense he's a mid-tier rb2 with weekly rb1 upside he's the starting running back on I don't want to say one of the best offenses in football because it's no longer one of the best offenses in football. It should get but, there. At some but time. should get there. It's an above-average offense that's going to be in scoring position more often than
0: not. So funny watching Pacheco run compared to, like, Devon Chan and <laughs> just the difference in economy of yeah, movement. Yeah. Isaiah Pacheco makes it look like it's hard to be a running back in the NFL, but he's still effective. And the fact that he got that game, uh, as a, he got that work as a pass catcher, I think bodes pretty well going forward. Connor.
2: It's almost stomping around his running yeah. style. A lot of high highlighted, arm, arm pumping arms.
0: I feel like yeah. he's to like – To Brace Hall. Like, Brace Hole just gliding along the field. Yeah, yeah. I
1: feel like if I was an NFL running back, (laughs) I'd be much more closer to (laughs) Isaiah Pacheco, kind of just, you know, like a lot slower and a lot, like, much easier to bring down. But just, you know, kind of that
0: plotting sort of like. It's like someone stolen his bicycle in a car, and he's chasing after a yeah. car to get his bicycle back. Like it just does. It's not very graceful, right? Uh, but it is effective. Uh, no, no, and I mean, he's it's clearly the guy. It's
1: like me in the ca- commissary on free popcorn day. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just, you know, I pushing through PA. I'm not ready to and, talk, like, talk about your popcorn. We needed some Bureau All of that at some point. <laughs> it's it's a sight. Every, wen- every Wednesday here at the NBC Sports Commissary, it's free popcorn day. And I got to tell you something. Your boy Maddie loves himself some popcorn. <laughs> and I think the only thing I love more than popcorn is free popcorn. I have to tell you. Well, here's the
0: thing, is that you're a veteran of the free popcorn process, because what you do when you buy it, you build like a fort of of napkins around the opening to the popcorn. And just think, when you spill it, you're preparing for the spills. I've never seen someone preemptively prepare yeah. for their yeah, own yeah, spillage. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. i be like, well, wow, I don't want to waste a kernel. I mean, you know, exactly, you know, Somewhere like on, on the He's, dirty table and everything like that. And what happens is, like, they give you these small little bags, and so you got to shove it in there, and so it's overflowing a little that's bit. <laughs> yeah. that's I was small. with it them the day
2: They change bag size. They decrease. Uh, bag. And, I'm and he he walked up to the machine uh, and said, they decreased the bag size. Yeah, so I was, I was yeah. upset. Uh, yeah, watching
0: UA popcorns, deeply play <laughs> on set. They Good
2: scouting eye for the decrease in volume, though. Notice
1: now, see. Here, I just want to give you an idea of how my mind works. Jay says it's deeply unsettling. So the way I go is you'd think most people would be like, oh, I should not eat popcorn around Jay anymore. The way my mind goes is I need to make a point of always <laughs> yeah. eating popcorn around Jay now. Yes. <laughs> hey, I'm going to come, bring into, me- the I'm gonna come into
2: meetings like yeah. just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah. Thousand percent. In the Denver backfield, Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin. Wait, hang on.
1: Before we move on to Denver, real (laughs) quickly. Thank
2: you. (laughs) I I just spent 40 minutes on popcorn and two minutes on Isaiah Pacheco.
1: Welcome to the show. Are you guys concerned at all about Patrick Mahomes? Because, like I said two weeks ago, this is what I said. I know he has not been great. He's been good. Like two weeks ago, heading into the Minnesota game, he was the ninth-best quarterback in fantasy, which was fine. But you drafted him to be a top-three guy, and I'm like – and I literally said, hey, here's your last chance to buy low because look at their next four, Minnesota, Denver – the Chargers, and then Denver again. Like, he's about ready to go off. This whole offense is just going to, like, you know, turn another gear. Your last chance to buy low is before that Minnesota game. And I think, actually, you can still buy low because, through you know, he he was good, not great against Minnesota. He was good, not great against Denver last night. Again, like, what we thought going into the game was the worst defense in the NFL. And, like, they just – you heard Mahomes from the sound earlier in the show talk about, like, they're just not executing at the level they expect.
0: Yeah, I'm not concerned because think about this. Think about how many drop passes there were against Detroit on opening night. His stats would be so much better across the board if Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore just could have caught one of their almost like seven drops or something absurd. And then, secondly, like he played well against Jacksonville, Chicago. Jets have a really good pass defense. Minnesota he played well and then last night they were four of fourteen on third and fourth down. They're just messing around. These direct snaps to Kadarius Tony, like they just didn't feel like they were fully engaged. And to me the biggest thing about Mahomes going forward is I believe in Rasheed Rice. I think that is a legitimate weapon for him. And Kelsey is fully healthy clearly. He's he's, he's still the same guy. He's too good. Oh yeah. And they will they will pick it up. Where you I mean like a little mixed
2: bag because there's just Bad decision-making while he's getting used to a totally different cast of characters outside of Kelsey. But I still side with Jay. You always go to the, it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Andy Reid. And they're going to be okay. But I think what you're trying to dial in on Barry, we didn't draft Patrick Mahomes to be fine.
1: That's, point. Exactly. That's the point. Exactly. Like, you used you wanted a third or fourth right. round pick on him to be a top three guy. That's what I If you I'm wanted fine, you'd have gotten like whatever. You know, you'd have waited and gotten Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert right. three or four rounds later. By the way, both of whom might be as good, if not better, than than Mahomes at this point.
2: That's where I'm more hung up that I look at quarterbacks around the league that just have to do more, like Justin Herbert. I think a Justin yeah. Herbert is the perfect example of that who was right. not drafted before Patrick Mahomes.
0: So he's still throwing it, you know, he's thrown it 40 times the past couple of games. Also, I think Rashid Rice and Kadarius Toney are like better than Juju and, you know, MVS last year. I think that there's no reason why he can't be the guy that he was last year. I'll just say that I don't know if I
1: have him, I'm not panicking, uh, but I don't know that I'm actively trying to trade for him, quote unquote, buying low. But I think like if I were ranking for the rest of the season as of today, I think he's like QB five or six, which again, is still good, but not. You know, he had number one quarterback in fantasy upside at the beginning
2: of the season. I'm not sure he's there yet anymore. Sure. No surprise in the game, they were trailing. Not a ton going for the Denver backfield. Javante Williams is back. He got 10 carries for 52 yards. Jaleel McLaughlin remains a thing with that 41% snap rate. He gets seven carries and also adds in two catches, but. It just kind of goes back to the point, Matthew. The Broncos are going to be trailing in a lot of games, and it could impact Javante's volume. McLaughlin, as a pass catcher, maybe not so much, but still only two catches last night.
1: He led the team in snaps, 41% snap rate, third straight game with at least nine touches for Jaleel McLaughlin, the rookie. Uh, but, yeah, I, to me, the positive takeaway here is Devontae Williams looked good. He looked yeah, healthy. He like, you know, this is somebody that obviously came off of a major injury. Then he had – we didn't know how bad that was going to be. A week, he missed the game last week, but now on a short week, he's back. Uh, 10 for 52. He gets the two-point conversion, which you like as well. Look, he hasn't been what you drafted him to be. Single-digit fantasy points in every game this season, including last night as well. And if there's one red flag – so I thought the positives are is that He came back, he looked healthy, he looked like Javante Williams. The negatives are is that he had zero targets. Like, the emergence of Jaleel McLaughlin makes you think that, and and they already have P. Ryan, who's going to play enough to just be annoying to anyone that has either one of those guys. That The concern there is just like, well, if Javante Williams is splitting the touches and not getting any passing down down work, then he becomes really kind of a touchdown-dependent flex, which is the same what McLaughlin is. I don't know that there's anyone on the Broncos' offense that you feel good about starting Moving forward, you know, like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, we're not going to talk about. We'll talk about them in a second. But like, if it's a three-headed committee on kind of a low-volume offense, I guess Russell Wilson in a 12 or 14-team league is like a passable starting quarterback. You don't feel great about that. that. Was his worst game of the year last night, fantasy-wise? But this doesn't feel like an offense that you can trust. Marvin Mims played 12 snaps That's last. Insane. I mean, like,
0: yeah. I. It's baffling, and I think the concern would be is that I didn't know that Denver had that type of low floor on offense in their passing game, because Wilson has been good statistically to yeah. this point. He's been able to fill it up in garbage time as well. And then last night against, look, the Chiefs have a good defense. This might be the best defense of the Mahomes era, but this isn't the Browns or the 49ers, no. and they couldn't do anything against them.
1: You know, Conor, it's interesting. I was, uh, so on my, on my way in today, I was listening to my buddy Dwayne McFarlane over at Fantasy Life, and he was saying his take was, he thinks Sean Payton is basically making Russell Wilson try to be Drew Brees. That that's the offense that they're running there. And he's like, he ain't Drew Brees. Not. Like, and that's, not a, that that's no disrespect to Russell Wilson, but like the style of game that – I mean, no. Russell Wilson is a deep ball thrower. He's not, he's not a short-timing guy. No, I mean not at like all. a short, you know, short pass
2: timing guy. No, he's going to hold the ball a lot right. longer, which probably drives Sean Payton nuts. But you knew what you're getting with Russell Wilson. And obviously, Sean Payton wasn't there for that acquisition. But Russ is going to hold the ball. I think the biggest problem with Russ right now is he still thinks he's the athlete he was five years ago, and yeah. that's how they lost the end of the game to the Jets. He saw it a couple of times last night. He thinks he can run away from situations that he no longer can run away from, and maybe that's starting to. Hurt the deep passing game when he starts to scramble as well. It's a that's a bad match though. Him and Sean Payton is a bad match. I don't even think it's going to be a thing next season. I think that's how bad it
0: is. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett isn't so bad after all. Yeah, Broncos are one and five.
2: Or by the way,
1: maybe Sean Payton is going. Listen, we can get out of Russell's contract after this year, and if I keep doing this, I got a shot at Caleb Williams (laughs) next year. And so maybe Sean Payton's playing chess while we're all playing checkers. I'm just saying, there's there's a lot going on there, right? I mean, they're in they're in the mix now for Caleb Williams. When he was in coaching,
2: he called Caleb Williams generational. On television, so. and, and it was like, watch out for teams that might tank for a guy like yeah. this. No, it's it's very ironic. No, it's going to be my team. It's yeah. very ironic. So, all right, let's close out with the Denver. You hear p- that, Commanders? Yeah. That's a challenge. Yes, <laughs> we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's get to the Denver pass catchers real quick. Yeah. Cortland Sutton's night. Saved by the touchdown catch. Yeah. Unbelievable catch, by the way. Amazing. Like, unbelievable. By the way, Cortland
1: Sutton drinks free because, like, I don't know how he came down with it and kept control all the way to the ground. So he bailed out uh, fantasy managers and gave the Broncos a sign of life. Look at this catch for those of you watching on Peacock. Just an unbelievable one handed catch. He's holding the defense, like, like he's holding the guy off with his left arm and brings it in with the elbow of his right, gets the knee down, maintains possession. This is just an unbelievable catch. And I feel like if it was, I feel like if this guy was
2: a bigger star, more people would be making noise about this catch. Like that's one of the best catches I've ever seen. I hope he gets traded at the deadline because I think Cortland Sutton can be a much better player than what we've seen from him recently in Denver.
0: Think about the attention that uh, Garrett Wilson's catch against the Bills got compared to right. that. Oh, Garrett Wilson basically committed pass interference to shove the guy, yeah. shove Trey White away. I think uh, Cortland Sutton that was a magnificent catch, and yeah, hopefully he finds a better landing spot. So anyway, he drinks free.
1: But by the way, with that touchdown, he still had under 15 fantasy points. Right. The positives are he's getting the looks in the end zone. He's a big bodied guy he is sort of the DK Metcalf if you will for Russell Wilson fourth receiving touchdown in six games so far this year he had the second highest target share in a game this year that's a positive but again still six or fewer targets in four to six games under 50 receiving yards in four to six games needed the touchdown to bail him out just four for 46 in this game this the whole passing offense looks brutal but it, you'd be you'd rather these days be Cortland Sutton than Jerry Judy who had a tough day at the office and it started with Steve Smith calling him out,
2: Connor. Yeah, Steve Smith's exact quote was, don't trade for Jerry Judy because he is mentally unable to handle constructive criticism who we'll watch specifically if you can be a wide receiver. He's a Tier 3, and Judy got asked about this after the game. So listen in. Jerry, uh, a little bit of drama before the game with Steve Smith Sr. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that right now.
0: Man, that was a tough loss, man. I feel like at the end of the game, I feel like we could have we got there, but... You know, they had a, a, a good drive at the end. Jerry, Steve Smith said he had some kind of conversation with you before the game. Did, did that
3: not go well, or based on what he said on air on NFL
0: Network? Uh, I, I, I don't remember that, Um, you know, but like I said, you know, we, it was a close game. We just got to finish.
2: Judy obviously not interested in...
1: He said, said he didn't remember it, although yeah. there's video of him, like, jumping around and seemingly, you know, yelling or direct... I. It's, I don't know what's going on there. It's weird. I don't think anyone
2: does no. right now. I, it's a very bizarre situation. It feels a little I, personal right
1: it, now. It, 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 it definitely feels a little bit personal. And I'm just curious, what I'm curious about is, like, look, Steve Smith Sr. has earned the right to criticize a wide receiver in the NFL. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. He was elite when he played in the league. And so I'm just trying to think of, like, who we could legitimately criticize. Like, who's <laughs> at our – like, is there a long snapper, like a backup long snapper that we could take on? Nope. No. I don't, I don't <laughs> think so.
0: No. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Tier 3 is such a piercing criticism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: I'd love to know who else is in tier, his yeah. Tier 3. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough situation. It's certainly – look, I'm not the evaluator of talent that Steve Smith is. I could, I'm not going to sit here and try to disagree with Steve Smith about playing wide receiver in the NFL, right? I mean, obviously, he's one of the all-time greats. Having said that, I do feel like uh, Jerry Judy, he struggled with some injuries, uh, which I don't know necessarily his fault. He's also had really poor quarterback play. Like, this is the first time that he's had a quarterback where you feel like, okay. And even then, like, I mean, you know, Russell hasn't been Russell since he's gotten to Denver either. So I don't know how much of this is on, you know. I I think there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. Either way, it's a bad scene in Denver, uh, you know, and hopefully – Hopefully it gets better, but I don't know if it gets better anytime soon. The one thing I will say is that that Judy and Sutton have been rumored to be on the trade block as well. And again, obviously with the season not going the way Denver wants. So I'm not as frustrating as it is with Marvin Mims. I'm not dropping him just yet. I want to see what happens at the trade deadline. He's too talented, has too much upside, and I feel like they've got to get him on the field, especially if they're playing for next year.
2: Let's jump into the notable injuries we're tracking. We had some news drop right before we sat down to do the show. Deshaun Watson, who hasn't been practicing with the shoulder injury, he is out. He will not play. It'll be P.J. Walker against the 49ers. Daniel Jones is also out. It'll be Tyrod Taylor on Sunday Night Football. Revenge game scenario against the Buffalo Bills. The good news front, Monroe St. Brown and Austin Eckler, they have practiced in full. Saquon Barkley and T. Higgins. We think both will play. They're limited in practice, yeah. but they're working they're their way back. They're trending
1: in the right way. Exactly. Deshaun Watson, just before we went on air, it, he's been officially ruled out. Yep. So not only did not practice but uh, on Thursday, but he's officially been ruled out. P.J. Walker will get the start for the Cleveland Browns. Ideally, you're not starting any one of the Browns in a bad weather game against the Niners, if you can help it as well. Sam Laporta, the two ones that I want to bring up there are on the Lions, right? So Sam Laporta... Out of, out of the blue, Connor, shows up on the injury report yesterday. A lot of
2: calf injuries this year. A lot of calf injuries, which could mean a couple of things. It could be a calf strain, and this isn't the case with Laporte, but we've also seen guys have Achilles tears mm-hmm. when it looks like a calf injury. So that's a scary one. Um, you know, the, you know, some guys I've, uh, that I've played that I've talked to and asked about the calf injuries, they say there's nothing you could do. You just have to rest. So it feels like it would almost be a surprise if Laporta yeah. plays, unless this this was just a rest injury. Yeah,
0: particularly just this early in the season, they're in a really strong position. Maybe if it was week 18 to win the division or something, but I would expect they won't push him too much. With the Sean out. So Especially the, because they're getting Amon Ra St. Brown back, which yes. helps the passing yeah, attack. Yeah, and no I wonder what,
2: when Jamison Williams gets a little more involved yeah. as well.
0: With the, the Sean out, the look-ahead line on that game, San Francisco-Cleveland was 2.5. Uh, San Francisco favored. That line is now 10. P.J. Walker's passing yards is at 166 and a half. Jerome Ford's rushing yards, their number one running back, 36 and a half. So just uh, no yards available for the yeah. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Amari
1: Cooper. I, I bet you Amari Cooper's probably like 45 Scoop. would be my guess. Cool, Matthew. He's 41 and a half. There you go. Yeah. There you go. By the way, and I wouldn't mind taking the under on any of those. Like I, I think it's probably just that's just an ugly game that I want to avoid. But, like again, P.J. Walker hasn't been in camp with them. Like He just came to the team. I like and, there, and maybe there's a Josh Dobbs situation, but that's a tough spot to make your first start against the Niners in bad weather. Yeah,
2: with Jameer Gibbs not practicing this week so far with the hamstring. Lions coach Dan Campbell spoke Wednesday on uh, if they're getting. Look at my look at my Lions blue by the way. That's there right. There you go. Lions blue and Charger powder blue underneath the Lions I, blue. I think so. Each You're not Are you questioning Stephanie? <laughs> no, I'm actually applauding. Getting both the AFC and NFC involved. You're a very fair there show. You go. Campbell on David Montgomery said, to me, that type of guy, he carries the load. Is yeah. do, do we have movement? the sound? I no. think we have the sound. Oh. I thought we, we have the sound, right? That was the leading quote. We do have the sound. Let's <laughs> yeah. take a listen to Dan Let's Campbell. Let's listen to head coach Dan I'm uh, so Campbell. distracted by your shades of blue. Blues. What you looking at my to eyes? To me, <laughs> that type of guy is always going to be your, he carries the load. And the other one is the changeup. He's going to get plenty of touches. That doesn't mean those are carries, though. That could be in the pass game. That could be gadgets. That could be... But you, to me, you always want a guy who you know, um, man. He can, if you need it, he can take on 20, 25, 30 carries, um, and um, and he has been all of that and then some. Dan Campbell very old school coach Dan commanding Montgomery, presence keep waiting for him present. to like
0: break into speech to Keanu Reeves and the replacements or something he's yes. just such a film character but yeah clearly right. you know, we talked about this a lot in the preseason the we X-B- fight for that inch yes yeah, exactly. he yeah. a little uh,
1: yeah, Al Pacino any too given yeah, yeah, given yeah, given yeah,
0: conflating your turn of the century uh, football films yeah. uh, that were kind of not great films overall but entertaining in their own right Any Given Sunday is better than The Replacements I will die on that hill yeah there's a lot happening in Any Given Sunday But, Jamie <laughs> Fox music. Video, yeah, there's a lot hey, of moments. Cameron in that Diaz film. is
1: the owner. I, am with you. I mean, I'm with you. I'm not saying it's a great movie. There's flaws. It. There. It's entertaining. There's flaws there, yeah. Yeah. but.
0: Versus the replacements? Oh yeah, the Come replacements on. is like fun. It's not yeah. like, go. Yeah, it, it, it's not. It, there will be blood or anything. Yeah. It's the replacements. <laughs> it's uh, we always get back to
2: Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> on
0: the <this> show. It's really <laughs> like remarkable. Yeah. Like we always end there. Yeah, it's exactly. Always Daniel
1: Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, what so anyway? What what we're talking here about is Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. First off, by the way, so fantasy Twitter is like just going crazy about this particular quote. I'm just like, guys, we've known this, and like, and we said this on this show. Throughout the preseason, which is, I remember coming on the show and saying, first off, at cost, I prefer Dave Montgomery to Jameer Gibbs. Dave Montgomery was on my love list, so was Jameer Gibbs. We'll get to that in a second. But whatever, like I said, Dave, you know, like at cost, I prefer Dave Montgomery uh, to Jameer Gibbs. We liked him a lot. I remember talking to the fact uh, that Jason Garrett, my colleague, our colleague, uh, went to interview Dan Campbell early in the preseason. Because we had the Lions Chiefs on Thursday night, and that interview aired as part of Football Night in America. And he said he went to he was at uh, Lions camp for a couple of days as part of the interview and said, like, they love David Montgomery. They want to run the ball. I remember saying multiple times in the preseason, guys, he's, we're going to look up a year from now he's going to have 250 catches, 250 touches. Like, they just want to run this guy. He's an old-school football coach. With Jameer Gibbs out in week five, Dave Montgomery, 23 touches, 75% uh, of the snaps, 63% of the rushes. Like, he's going to be a bell cow guy. He's a locked-in RB1. And the last thing I'll say here is that I'm not panicking yet on Jameer Gibbs. He's just so – they want to kill the, the Lions for using uh, the 12th overall pick on Jameer Gibbs and whatever. That's a football decision, and you can make an argument as to whether that's right or not. But for fantasy, while he may not return the value of what you drafted him to be, I think he's still going to be a useful piece. People forget that DeAndre Swift was a top 15 running back on a points per game basis in the same offense last year. And I think Gibbs has the chance to be as good as Swift was, if not better, as a pass catcher. I mean, I know Swift is doing awesome this year in Philly, but that's my take here. I'm not ready to panic on Gibbs
0: yet. Yeah, and this is a team that they just, they want to run the ball in general. I think that people think that's like the Kyle Shanahan method, but in San Francisco, actually, they pass the ball over expectation more than you'd expect. In Detroit, they're, kind of, they're not hiding Jared Goff, but they don't want to give Jared Goff too much to do. And I think that there will be room for both of these running backs. But well, the strength of that team is the offensive line. Yep. And I mean, they know
2: that. Yeah.
1: And so they so want to. they them. built it. That's how they, I mean, that's that's how they, they built, built it. Picks yep. on that group. Yep.
2: Maximize your strengths. That's a what the Lions are a doing. Thousand percent. Yeah. So. All right. Set up play action. And with that, guys, it's time to welcome on our friend, our colleague. Denny Carter, it's The Regression Files. Hey, Denny, how you doing? Ha
3: <laughs> ha! Hey, guys, doing well. Uh, uh, enjoying the David Montgomery talk because I was uh, also very much on Montgomery early in the season. and I didn't really get the Gibbs talk, but uh, I let I let the folks talk now. They're in shambles, it seems.
1: Yeah. Um, hey, Denny, there was some concern at the beginning of the uh, show that you might be outdressing me, and I, I just would like to thank you for not doing that
3: at all, for... I appreciate i'm just that. down matthew just yeah, down i I'm, I have my my old shirt on my my clash t-shirt you know
1: <laughs> what's a clash t-shirt the clash the clash the oh clash. the clash The the, the, the band, band. Yeah. the clash okay I thought it was a like Clash t shirt. Like, it was like, is that some sort of, like, jazzercise class or something? Like, we well, like, going 30 like when they were around. I, well, because usually we'd say the Clash, yes. not my Clash t shirt. Denny will do better
0: next time. Yeah. Okay. We'll, see next ready time. Ready? we'll see if there is a next time.
1: We'll see if there is a next time. Denny, we always love having you on. You do great work for us over at RotorWorld.com. And you, you write a column called The Regression yes. Files, right,
2: Connor? Exactly. Players. <laughs> right, Connor. <laughs> Players. Just, I have to do everyone's job. <laughs> Players it who are really overproducing is. or underproducing based on their workload playing time and opportunity if you needed a reminder denny's been on with us we've done this before but denny let's start with some negative regression this week from the column who you got for us
3: yeah so uh i hate to do this to drake london folks because he had a nice game last week against houston six catches for 67 yards he had a touchdown the week before uh and in london i believe so things are looking up in a way for drake london Uh, But in my column, I just wanted to remind folks that the Falcons are still uh, by far the run heaviest offense in the league. It doesn't matter really what game script is. A lot of London's production last week against Houston came in the final two or three minutes when the Falcons were, you know, playing hair on fire offense, trying to get the ball downfield, trying to score and come back. And they actually did, you know, come back and, and win, beat the Texans. So good for them. Good for Drake London, but it really is a situation where you need things to break just right in order to get, I don't know, wide receiver three production out of Drake London, and that's not good, guys. Disappointing that Denny
0: missed the uh, Drake London calling gag, sitting there after mentioning the clash. But that's oh okay, Denny. God. You'll get that. I can't believe I mean, that. Sometimes I it was <laughs> like
1: sitting right there for you, Denny. Uh, like, uh, yeah, R-T. you know, you know, who's going to be a positive regression next week yeah. is Denny's Denny jokes. Carly, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so uh, my only. I, I, listen, I like the call. I'm down on the entire uh, uh, Falcons offense. I'm glad you brought this up without Lawrence Jackson here because he would, you know, defend, defend Drake London and Desmond Ritter to the, to the hilt. My only thing that I'll say is, like, what if he has Emmanuel Forbes on him? I was to him? say two words <laughs> yeah. for <you. laughs> Yeah, Emmanuel I mean, like, th- that's the thing. Desmond Ritter has played well at, at home this year. The Washington, yeah. All jokes aside, the Washington secondary has been very burnable. I hope they have been, I, you know, nothing. not to pile on the kid, but it, it is. it has been a struggle transitioning to the NFL for Emmanuel Forbes, the commander's first-round rookie. And so I hope that they sit him down and make some adjustments given how, you know, last Thursday night's game went. Uh, right. But having said that, I'm with you, um, you know, in terms of, I don't feel great about any part of the passing offense. I know we saw the one game, but it just doesn't feel great here. No, I'm, you
3: probably—I mean, you probably have to play London this week against Washington. It's bad defense. Sorry, Matthew, you know that. Uh, and and if he goes against Forbes, we're talking about a difference of like forty or fifty pounds. You know, like we saw AJ Brown just get away with everything against the secondary. So uh, you know, you, you're probably playing him. I just want to tamp down expectations a little bit. That's what I'm here for.
1: No, and I think, listen, I'm at wide receiver 40 this week, so I'm with you, Denny. Like, I think he's borderline playable depending on how deep your league and how hurt you are or, you know, bye week issues you have. But I think your overall point is, is like, don't think the, the guy that everyone drafted in, the, like, the 20 to 30 range of wide receivers is suddenly back, that that's that guy going forward because I don't think that offense is built that way. He might have an okay game this Sunday, but I think for the future it's – it's not all blue skies for Drake London, which some of his managers may have felt like after last week, which I think is your point.
2: Danny, on a lighter note, how about a positive regression candidate heading into the weekend?
3: Yeah, so uh, Jonathan Mingo is getting really quite unlucky. And some of that luck, lack of luck, has to do with the Panthers just being, uh, being bad. But, you know, he has almost 25% of the Panthers' air yards in the games he's played this year. Um, that hasn't amounted to much. Uh, but Jonathan Mingo has the lowest rate of catchable balls uh, from, you know, both Andy Dalton and, and Bryce Young. Uh, and as far as, like, unconverted air yards, right, we love talking about air yards. You can't feed your family with air yards, I've tried. But yeah, <laughs> it is a good signal as to who is getting opportunity downfield. He is, Jonathan Mingo is getting those looks downfield. If they start converting, I think Mingo can suffice as... You know, a wide receiver three. Now, Adam Thielen's still going to be the top target here. You're playing him pretty much no matter what, especially in PPR. Uh, But don't forget about Mingo, especially if you're kind of hard-pressed on a bye week.
2: Yeah, Danny, I like this call for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think they're getting blown out after the first half against the Dolphins, and they're going to be throwing the ball, and Mingo is simply going to be on the field. Number two, when you look at his prospect profile, they got to get him involved in manufactured touches where he can make plays after the catch. That's what he was best at under Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, and it would make life a little bit easier on Bryce Young, who simply will get better over time. I know it's been a brutal start for him, but I think Mingo will be a big part of that as well. So I'm a fan of that, and also a fan of uh, early positive regression on your joke front as well. After that, yeah, yeah
3: that was good. Yeah, that uh, was good. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> that was You're so making a fun. comeback. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm coming g- all the way back, guys.
2: Yeah,
1: 100%. You know what you should try, though, if uh, if the air yards isn't working, you should try to feed your family free popcorn. From the NBC com- com- commissary. I'm just I'm saying I'm
3: going to need to come up. It's a Stanford Matthew, and you're yeah, going to have to save some for me. I know you I, will.
1: I, I 100%. Far, 100%. Yeah. Just bring it. Look, because it's they don't really check it. You know, you could bring like a bucket, like a big, like or some sort of, you know, uh, some sort of like you know, moving uh, holding mechanism. Yeah, holding mechanism. Like a big bucket. You know what I mean? Like I'm uh, trying to like what are those things that are, like? A a vague yeah, idea what yeah, you're talking a wheelbarrow? about? Wheelbarrow, yeah. a Wheelbarrow.
2: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah do do whatever. Just, Radio flyer wagon. anything.
1: Anything. Like one of those big. Plastic yeah. tubs, you know what I mean? That you move stuff in. Yeah. Jay and I are, are shivering. Yeah. yeah. How about a positive regression for you, you Matthew?
2: What? <laughs> oh, oh <no>. for me? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Um, well, this is uh, he, this guy was in uh, Denny's column, and uh, I like this call a lot, which is Joe Mixon. Now, look, Joe Mixon, Not to go all Steve Smith here. I don't think Joe Mixon is great at actual football. <laughs> like you know, I oh, like. Wow. Um, That's uh, Look, I mean, he got like I think three or four straight, you know, carries. You know on the like the one yard line against Arizona last week and could not convert, having said that, literally no other running back on the Bengals has gotten a red zone touch this season. Every single one of the Bengals red zone touches this year has gone to Joe mixon he's top five among running backs in the NFL in terms of most red zone touches like so here's somebody that you know I feel like it's an offense that's improving. Joe burrow is getting healthier they 're going to have to respect the passing game more T Higgins expected back as well, and so uh Joe Mixon is getting too much work on a good offense to, you know, not not be more productive here. Now again, the the only concern is the regression may come in like one game. Remember this happened last year; he was bad, 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 and then he had like five touchdowns uh, in one game, um, in like a fifty-five point, and then he went back to being like just you know uh, semi-touchdown dependent. But I do think it's coming. I think there's a chance that it happens against Seattle. He's my running back fourteen
3: this week.
2: Yeah, Danny. Yeah, obviously, you, know. you had Mixon in the article. What did you say?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Mixon is basically locked in for 20-plus touches in any game where the Bengals have a lot of neutral or positive game script on their side. You know, uh, when things were really bad uh, with with Burroughs' calf and everything and they were really struggling in offense, uh, Mixon was basically a a non-entity for fantasy purposes. I, I think going forward, if they can keep this up, what we saw last week against Arizona, and I know it was Arizona, but I think that there were some really great underlying things for that offense Uh, then, you know, you're plugging in a a, a running back in Mixon who's going to see 20-plus touches, including, like Matthew said, all of the inside the 10, the green zone touches. Those are incredibly valuable. Jay, what about a negative
2: regression candidate from Denny Spears?
0: Yep, so I like the call on Kirk Cousins, Denny. You mentioned the green zone. Inside the 10, Kirk has thrown 19 passes. Eight of them have been for touchdowns, a lot of targeting Justin Jefferson in that area. Obviously, he won't be around anymore, so that should regress. At the same time, the Vikings, they do pass the ball a ton. That's just part of the Kevin O'Connell offense. I think that Kirk will be good this week against the Bears defense, even though historically he's been very bad against the Bears, but this isn't your older brother or sister's Chicago defense. No Pete, Khalil Mack going around out there so i think cousins will be fine this week but then after that which starts with the san francisco defense on monday night football uh, i think it could be downhill for kirk
3: yeah you know i i I mentioned him in the column and then i thought oh no he's playing the bears and i'm gonna look silly now uh but but yeah i mean so i think you are playing him as a a qb1 or a borderline qb1 even without jefferson Uh, but this is a team that passes a lot in the red zone and in the green zone. But a lot of that is funneled to, to Justin Jefferson for good reason. You know, he's, he tends to be pretty good. So I, I, I think that they could actually lean on the run a little bit a little bit more or at least try. We're going to see more two tight end sets for Minnesota, um, I think, which is which is kind of going under discussed right now. Uh, so I, I do think Cousins is not going to have the, those easy inside the 10, inside the five pass attempts for touchdowns going forward. But great spot this week.
2: Go read the regression files from Denny for more candidates on NBCSports.com and, of course, RotoWorld world as well. Denny, always good seeing you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. All right, the toughest competition of the year is here. The biggest talents in men's rugby take the stage. As 20 countries compete for 20 days of heart-pounding, heart-hitting action at the Rugby World Cup. Watch every match live on Peacock all the way through the final on October 28th. The game is also available on CNBC. We're going to break when we're back. What's on tap for the weekend? The games with the highest over-under totals. Tomorrow night, South Bend will set the stage for some of the biggest stars in college football that hope to shine in one of the sport's biggest rivalries as the USC Trojans take on the Fighting Irish under the lights at Notre Dame Stadium. Legacies will be written and bragging rights will be claimed. It's USC Notre Dame tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC and Peacock. What's on tap is brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. As we take a look here at the matchups with the highest point totals going into the weekend. Nothing is as easy to enjoy as a Sunday full of football and a fridge full of beer. But these are the games we're locking in on, starting with Panthers at the Dolphins. Jay, the Dolphins are favored by almost two touchdowns in this one. The line, most importantly, is set at 47 and a half. But all we care about is can the Panthers, can you start anyone on the Panthers besides Adam Thielen in fantasy?
0: Well, I wouldn't be starting Miles Sanders as he just got ruled out. So it looks like it's going to be the Chuba Hubbard show. Uh, not many people typically watch that show, but he will get a lot of work, we expect, Matthew.
1: Frank Reich from the podium saying, yeah, that it will be mostly Chuba Hubbard that gets the work. Look, he's had four straight games with multiple receptions. And in games in his career, when he gets at least 12 uh, touches, and we figure. He should get at least 12 touches in this game with no Miles Sanders. He's averaging 12 fantasy points per game. Remember this year, the Carolina running backs as a whole have a 21% target share. And so with no Miles Sanders there, again, an offensive line that struggles. Bryce Young is still trying to, um, you know, find his way in the NFL. He's been quick to dump off two running backs. And again, given how this game script is going to go or how we expect it to go, I think Chuba Hubbard becomes a viable PPR flex. I'm at running back 23. Like, I... I don't know that you're super excited about Chuba Hubbard, but I also think, like, you could do worse and probably have.
0: Yeah, I, I also think with some teams on bye that there is a chance that Jonathan Mingo can maybe mm-hmm. be flex viable. Like, in our show league, I'm going to have to start Cam Akers because I've got no one else at running weight. There's yeah. no one, else. So I just need to depend on Alexander Madison losing his Insert job. Insert Najee Harris yeah. joke somewhere. Yeah, exactly. If I yeah. could, I would rather start Jonathan Mingo than Cam Akers because he's averaging six and a half targets a game. Uh, and he's getting work, and surely they're going to have to throw as two touchdown dogs. So.
1: And we just heard, uh, Connor. You just talk about Mingo as well, right? And Denny in the regression files.
0: Yeah,
2: they're going to have to get him in way more involved. And three or four games, you know, six plus targets, you like to see that. But I think the targets need to. Not all targets are the same. Right. They need to drop a little bit of some more schemed up, easier targets for the young player. Well,
1: and one of the one of the reports that have been coming out of Carolina is that they want to simplify the offense yes. for Bryce Young, and they're trying to. And so one of the ways you do that is. Dump offs to the running back. Or, right, quick screens, bubble screens, you know, just, you know, quick slants to guys like Mingo or Thielen. Like, just easy pitch and catch kind of stuff that just, you know, isn't, doesn't, you know, three-step drop stuff, just boom, boom, get the ball out. And so uh, you could see Mingo. He's my wide receiver 43 again. But if you're desperate, if you're somebody that, I don't know, used a six-round pick on Najee Harris, <laughs> you know, yeah, like right. a- I know. A- ADP end of the third round, yeah. that's fine. And so. Um anyway uh yeah Mingo is somebody that uh and you certainly like going forward. Uh DJ Shark also it's worth noting like I'm at wide receiver 45. Uh, <laughs> I, look if there's a positive for DJ Shark, right? He leads the team in deep targets this season like they may chuck it deep as well. Like that's what you're hoping for is one big play from him. We've seen him we've seen him score this season. Uh but I prefer Mingo to Shark if you're swimming in those waters. Also Start every uh, dolphin. Right. Yes. We don't know yet. It's interesting. Just during the break, uh, Mike McDaniel said from the podium that um, there's a lot of different moving pieces with, with their roster, and so they're not sure yet if they are going to actually activate Jeff Wilson Jr. for this weekend's game. They may, because of some things that they're going on with the roster, they may feel like, they feel like they're comfortable with uh, Raheem Mostert and then getting some backup from Savan Ahmed and Chris Brooks. So uh, we will wait to see, but certainly Mostert, a must start.
2: Our next game here, the Cardinals, they're traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams, who are touchdown favorites. The over-under bumped up a little even higher for this one at 49. And, Matthew, I'll ask you this one. Is Stafford a top-10 play uh, in fantasy for quarterbacks this week because of the matchup?
1: Well, I like the fact that you're completely ignoring our full screen there that shows me having his QB8. So the answer is yes, yes. He is Except a top-10 fantasy. mile away at the bar. <laughs> yeah with a table in front of my monitor. (laughs) Whatever, you've got them young eyes. I've got old man eyes, and I I could see it. I could certainly see it. Do we need to get you readers? The fact of the matter is is the Rams have the fourth-highest implied team total on the slate. We expect a lot of points against an Arizona defense that allows the fourth-most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. They just just revived Joe Burrow last week as well. Stafford's playing really, really well, and they're throwing a ton. He's top five in the NFL in pass attempts and passing yards. He's got Cooper Cup back, obviously Puka Nakua there as well. Higby, it should be a big day for Matthew Stafford, again, who's my eighth-best quarterback this week
0: as many of you saw on your screen. Yeah, I feel like the Cardinals kind of became themselves last week where there was a split second there where it looked like they might beat the Bengals. It's like, is them going to be contending for the playoffs? It's like, no, 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 we're going to be a Caleb Williams team. Yeah, yeah, Uh, And I think that just Stafford... So long as he has Cup and Puganaku are healthy, I think he's just the start every single week. He'll be a viable starting quarterback in standard leagues.
1: And the last thing I just want to say here, uh, Keontae Ingram making a lot of progress. Jonathan Gannon uh, from, the, from the podium saying, like, he, he's looked good. We'll see. He's trending in the right d- direction. If I am forced to start a Cardinals running back, I think it's still Amari DiMicardo, who is their passing down back game script. They're a, they're a touchdown underdog. They should be throwing more. It'd be Ingram's first game back. I think it'll be a committee, and you'll see. You'll actually see like two or three touches from Rondell Moore back there as well. But if I'm, that's, I'm calling my shot here. Again, ideally you're avoiding the situation until we see how it plays out. But if forced to because of injuries and bye weeks, you have to start one of them. I'll say
2: DeMeco over Ingram. Our final game here: the Cowboys at <clears throat> the Chargers. This one is obviously Monday Night Football, and the Cowboys are favored by two points. The over/under set at 50 and a half. Jay. Where's your confidence level in this Cowboys offense bouncing back, starting with Dak, but of course also looking at Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb, the stars of this offense?
0: Yeah, well, First, this is a massive game. The loser of this game is pretty much done for yeah. the division. Uh, <clears throat> and look, if it, there was a different owner and different head coach relationship, you say that if Mike McCarthy was going to lose this, he might be done. Then you'll probably stick around regardless. In terms of their offense, look, this isn't much easier matchup than playing the 49ers, so I think that you feel good about starting C.D. Lamb because he's C.D. Lamb. You feel good about starting Pollard because of the work that he gets and his touchdown potential. Dak is a tough one, Matthew. I just, he has not looked good this year. Even when he's put up stats, like his best statistical game was against the Jets where he really threw a pick six, the source Gardner just went through Sauce's source's hands. Uh, but how do you feel about Dak? He's had one game with multiple touchdown passes
1: so far this season, under 15 fantasy points in three straight games. The pro-Dak argument is all about the Chargers' defense. Which has allowed over 350 passing yards and three touchdowns to two different quarterbacks this season, to Ataguaviloa and Kirk Cousins. Uh, they are one of the worst teams in the NFL against the pass. No team is giving him more passing yards per game than the Chargers. So that's the argument: is can he get going? I, I'm a QB. Uh, I have a QB10, so I'm expecting like a goodish game here. That like if he can't do it against the Chargers, then you're just absolutely done. I do think he's a streamer, but like. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't have a great game here. I, again, the issue with Dak is he's not running, so it's going to have to be all—it's
0: going to have to be all on his arm, really. I wonder how much of our perception of Dak Prescott is just skewed by his games against the San Francisco 49ers because it's just every time he yeah, plays them, he has melted, and they've been in such big spots in the playoffs last year. Massive Sunday Night Football game last week. You take that out, like he's still. I think he's still a very good quarterback. The offensive line is good. It's still CD Lamb. He's still got weapons. I would. He blame. wasn't great I...
1: against Arizona, and other no, than that, bad. this year, other than this, this year, we haven't seen. It. He hasn't had, He didn't have to do anything Nothing. against the Giants because they blew him out. I mean, like you know, he's gotten these blowout games. He didn't have to do anything against the Jets. So that's my point. And right, and he got lucky with a. You know, that should have been a pick six by Sauce, and so. I don't know. Look, the game's at home, right? I, the game's in, in uh, Los Angeles. Oh, sorry. The game's in but Los Angeles. it is Angeles. in the dorm,
0: Sorry. It we, is. It, yeah. Right.
1: Uh, so. There will probably be more Cowboys fans there, though, to be part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm a QB 10, but I don't feel like rock solid about it. I'm not like you must. Like, if you were – and I'll say this, too. 15 and a half is an over-under. Kind of like the under here. Yeah. Like, I mean, because the Chargers may be limited by the Cowboys, you know, as well. I I don't know, it's, it's a good defense, and could the Chargers step up, especially because the Cowboys' offense hasn't looked explosive this year? I like the under here. But I do think Dak is usable this week as a QB 10. I do think it'll be better a better day for CeeDee Lamb, for Tony Pollard, for Dak Prescott, for the Cowboys you care about, for
0: Jake Ferguson as well. Yeah, I kind of like Dak this week just because I think this is the best chance to be the most normal game that he's played this season because he's either, I think the Cowboys have outscored their opponents like 110 to 13 in their three wins and then their two losses, they've just been blown out. So I think that, Just with Herbert and that offense, I think this is going to be a more normal game, and that will allow Dak to throw more. Chargers give up the second-most fantasy points to wide receivers, the fourth-most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and the
1: seventh-most fantasy points to running backs. So, again, if Mike McCarthy's offense can't get any track against the Bolts,
2: then it is pure panic time. Austin Eckler expected to return in this game, and a sneaky revenge spot. Kellen Moore. Yeah. Sneaky revenge. Oh, yeah. You don't spot. think Kellen Moore wants to put up some points? <laughs> oh, he certainly does. That'll go. do it for Maybe. What's On I'm, Tap I'm presented off the by Bud Light. Back the over. Easy to Sunday. Easy to enjoy. We're going to break when we're back. Last call. We got pickup lines for Barry. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code BARRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, let's jump into some pickup lines for Matthew. This is the time of the show where Jay and I... We'll throw a bet at him and he gets to only choose one here's our matchups with the largest spreads of the week they try to pick me up unlike yes. buffalo where it just sort of happened naturally <laughs> yeah, yes yes they this have is very actual very bet scripted. jay what do you got for him this
3: week
0: yes matthew uh i've got drake london over 44 and a half receiving yards i know danny mentioned in the regression files that yep. pr- long term doesn't look great for drake london but this week going up against your Washington Commanders, yeah, against your Emmanuel Forbes, against your abomination of a secondary. Yes. I think that as a number one wide receiver, Drake London is averaging seven and a half targets the past four games, had his best game of the season. Last week, Desmond Ritter just had his best game of his career. And after that, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, Bijan, now you carry the ball 30 times coming off your best ever game. Desmond Ritter in a dome against a weak defense. Drake London is a number one wide receiver. I think he'll get at least 45 receiving yards.
2: Okay. Matthew, I'm sticking, see the excitement there. He loves <laughs> him some Falcons pass yeah. game. I'm sticking with the theme of receiver over, over yards. I'm going Jamar Chase, 85 and a half against Seattle. A couple things here: two of, <laughs> two of the last three, he's done this. Uh, half of his games last year, he did this. His slot rate usage is up this year. So even if you're worried yeah. about DK Metcalf's confidence in the rookie Devin Witherspoon following him around. I think they'll move Chase around. I think Chase needs to be moved away from anyone. He's one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the league. I think Jamar Chase goes over 100 again this week against Seattle.
0: I can't take Jamar Chase after I've taken Drake London. I choose.
2: Am I rolling with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase or
1: Desmond Ritter? <laughs> and Drake London. I actually like both bets, and you're right to try to prey upon my <laughs> my knowledge of how bad the commander's secondary is. Desmond Ritter does play better at home as well, but it's worth noting the Seahawks are the third-worst pass defense in the NFL throughout the season. They've given up the third-most passing yards per game. I mean, come on. I'm, I like both bets, but I'm going with, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase over 85 receiving yards. It's fine. Uh, Man,
0: Drake will have a great time by ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: maybe. By the way, uh, just real quickly – uh, T. Higgins is a game-time decision, so obviously if he does not go, he's going to be officially listed as questionable. But if he cannot go, obviously that would help Chase's efforts there. Some, uh, some quick updates that have come in throughout the show. Here's who's out. Tank Dell out, still in the concussion protocol. Miles Sanders, who we've talked about, he's officially out. Uh, Mike Evans is going to be a full go on Sunday, so that's a great, uh, great news for the, um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Miles Sanders is out. David Njoku is going to be listed as questionable, but Deshaun Watson, his, qu- his quarterback, is out. Daniel Jones, as we mentioned, officially out. No Jameer Gibbs at uh, practice today. Looks like he's trending to not playing. However, Sam Laporta was back for the Lions. So that's great for the Detroit tight end. Keontae Ingram heading in the right direction again for Arizona's backfield. But as we said earlier, I like uh, DiMarcardo over Ingram. If having to, if I have to pick the uh, the Cardinals... Backfield, but we'll get more into this on Sunday. Fantasy football pregame, 11 a.m. Eastern to 1 o'clock. It's on YouTube now. It's on Peacock, and it's on YouTube. We answer more questions than any other pregame show. Use the hashtag FFPregame or just comment on the YouTube show. For Jay and Connor, I'm Matthew Berry. It's closing time. That's what that music means, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We'll see you Sunday morning for FFPregame at 11 a.m. Until then, good luck and peace. Out!